Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to be on the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, you can be. I'm always looking for people to call in. It's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. But listen, if you're somebody that wants to be non anonymous you know you don't mind being out there you could also be on my show but most people want to remain anonymous if you have like an interesting naughty life that you want to talk about uh while remaining anonymous or you just want to talk about it and be you you could be on the show send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show or go follow me at instagram or twitter and dm me there just give me some information about what you want to talk about not too long not too short not fucking 10 paragraphs <laughs> now listen a lot of people email me and they want advice i don't have the time to give advice via email But what I do offer is a paid call if you want to talk to me on the DL. Those calls I don't air. I offer that. It's uh, $100 for 45 minutes. I love those calls because I'm like helping people with their problems. And I love nothing more than to just fucking dissect shit. (laughs) Uh, So if you have a problem or an issue and you want my advice, I can't do it via email. I hate typing and I just don't have the time. But you could do, you could book that consultation with me, the information and the link or actually the link to the calendar to set that up is in the description now also if you want to call my confessions hotline you could do that the number is 347-420-3579 again 347-420-3579 you could call my confessions hotline and leave your confession i changed the voices there as well anytime call that 24 7 so today i have on Carlos. Now, Carlos is into BDSM, swinging, he's poly, and he's straight up non-monogamous, and he talks all about it. He's a good speaker, and he's informative, too. I learned stuff on this episode talking to Carlos. The way he broke certain things down, even just like threesomes, why he prefers male, male, female threesomes to, you know, threesomes with two girls is actually interesting. But he starts off just telling his story about his past couple partners, how they were non-monogamous, and what went down. He got into BDSM, one of his first relationships. The girl was like a straight up slave and wanting him to be like the master. He was not into that. He's much more aligned with his current girlfriend, who, by the way, is going to be on the show. She's a very non-monogamous person. But he talks first about the first girl that got him into BDSM uh, and how he realized it wasn't very sexual and how he is a very sexual person. So he got into swinging and all kinds of other things as well. Because he does, like I said, he is very sexual and wants that to be a part of it. A lot of times with BDSM and kink, it's just not in that world. So he talks about how he went on to FetLife, started meeting people. That's where he met the first girl that got him into BDSM. Uh, And then he met a woman who wanted to be like a slave and why he wasn't interested in being the master. He breaks on the difference between slaves and submissives, which I didn't really realize. His current girl is a submissive in bed, but equals in real life. And that's what he digs. 
Uh, like I said, he's been non-monogamous with everybody. All of his partners have been into non-monogamy too, and they've been swingers and they do all kinds of things. He does talk about how he became polyamorous and the difference between polyamorous and non-monogamy. He talks about how they go to nudist camps. They have foursomes and threesomes and moresomes. And his girlfriend is bi. He sometimes, he calls himself heteroflexible. Sometimes he hooks up with guys. He talks about a, a best friend he had in college. Uh, it's an interesting story about that guy and how he hooks up with him every now and then. But it's kind of like a gay fantasy. He tells you that story about the college friend, but mostly he's into being uh, the the dom in the relationship with his girlfriend. That's what he is now. She's not a slave. She's just a submissive. They are very equal. They have many different partners. He talks all about all the partners they have, all the hooking up they do, all the relationships, how it works, what works, what doesn't work. Do they get jealous? He talks about that. He loves seeing his partner get pleasured by another man. He talks about that. He does enjoy <clears throat> this one camp event where there's like, I don't know, something called sexorama going down and BDSM going down. And that's like the perfect world for him because it's like not just BDSM and not just swingers. It's both worlds uh, together. And that's where he likes to be. Those are his people, people that are very sexual and open-minded, but also into BDSM and uh, there's just so much more it's hard to get into everything that he says and maybe I shouldn't because I give too much in my intros <laughs> so I'm going to be right back on with Carlos this is the Strictly Anonymous podcast um, hi Carlos welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast how are you today thank you for having me no thank you for coming on I don't think I've had a BDSM person on recently or maybe I have there was a guy named Ron I think he was into branding and shit you know um you are in the BDSM kink world you have an open relationship you're dating a very open woman right now you had a relationship before her that we're going to talk about your girl eventually the one that we talk about at the end who you're currently with is going to be on the show eventually mm -hmm. too we'll talk about that but why don't you tell um first of all that's the correct like story right like that's the tagline to yeah this. Like, correct correct yeah, you, yeah. you got all right okay good <laughs> so why don't you just start telling your story carlos i mean you it was the first wife that was it was it your wife was it the first wife or your first girlfriend that got you into the bds a relation a relationship between her so i am you know obviously i you changed my voice but i have an accent i'm not from the u.s i'm from latin america mm -hmm. and when i moved to the states i dated this girl who was also Latin like me, but he was born. And when I moved to, I had I was read about non-monogamy and I was curious about it. But growing up in such a Catholic country, I had never explored it. Yeah. So when I moved to the U.S., I said, you know what? I'm in a new country. Nobody knows me here, so I am free to fuck up. And I, when I went on dates, I said, you know, I don't believe in monogamy. So you know, most people were like, what? But this one girl was, oh, yeah, she had read a lot of feminist books and she was all over. Then, uh, you know, we started dating and he, but she was, she was also kinky and she introduced me to the kink world. But it's funny because she was a top. She wanted to spank me and she wanted to, to beat me. And, you know, me being young and curious, I was like, sure, you know, let's explore this. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really that much into it. And when I, well, now it's my turn. Now I get to spank you. Now I get to, she wasn't into it. So that relationship didn't last long. 
but that opened my eyes for this world because I thought it was only on porn. I thought, oh, this only happens on porn. That doesn't happen in real life. But yeah. she, to- she told me about spanking clubs, which was something I had never heard of. So, so that was my eye opener. Oh, my God. What happens at the spanking clubs? Did you guys go? Um, I haven't been to a spanking party in a long time. That's a subset of, of the BDSM world. Mm-hmm. That, and it's basically only about spanking. You know, men and women bent over. It's like these private parties and they get spanked and they're into it. I kind of lose track of that world because at first I was very curious and that sounded wonderful. But it's very non-sexual and I'm a very sexual person. And that's something I want to talk about. And, you know, there's this boundaries between sexual and swinging and and bdsm a lot of people in the bdsm world tend to be non-sexual yeah and i'm in and i'm in this group that is both i like both and i actually like swinging too so um so that's why i didn't go to the spanky parties but that's just where people meet each other and spank each other is that is just like it sounds and they're social you know it's just a party. Yeah, it's funny that you say that BDSM is in the people in that world are not very sexual. That was one of the most eye-opening things I discovered when I first started doing my show. I did my show like I started my show about eight years ago, and I talked to a guy that was into BDSM. Now that was when Fifty Shades of Grey was all the rage and stuff. So I was very excited to get him on. And I mean, to me, I never read that book, but I I got the sense that that book was very sexual and it was like hot and it was like you know all girls were trying you know being tied up and fucked and all this stuff because of Fifty Shades of Grey. And then I get this guy on. And he's very into the BDSM world. And he explains to me and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's no sex going on here. It's like my manipulation and a lot of writing and homework. And then I, you know, and then I got schooled on it. And, you know, that is the truth. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that. I only understand it because I do my show and I interview people that do this. But I think most people on the outside think BDSM is like, you know, a scene they see in porn, which is all sex. But it's really not. It's not. Now, they do overlap, and there are BDSM events that are sex-friendly, sex-positive. Yeah. Um, uh, I go with my current girlfriend mm-hmm. to a couple of summer events. Mm-hmm. That are, those are my favorite type of, of, of BDSM events because they are outdoors. They are like campgrounds or like one of them is a, a literal campground that gets rented, you know, like during when it's not this event, it's like a kid's campground. <laughs> and the owner, the owner rented with cabins and people tent and, you know, everybody's running around naked and people are getting tied to trees and fucked everywhere. And it's just the most amazing. It's my favorite week of the summer. I spend my whole year waiting for that week. And there's a few of those around um, um, that that people go to in, in different states and, you know, weekend, weekend in the woods, things like that. Um, so those are my favorite. So continuing with my story, if I may. So then, you know, I dated this girl. Um, we didn't last long, but then I, you know, okay. So if she's into the spanking thing, there must be other people. And then I did um, some search. And I, when we broke up, I started exploring more. And I found this website, which you have mentioned many times. And I want to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, FetLife. <laughs> Funny enough, I found FetLife reading about um, about BDSM in Wikipedia of all places. I'm sorry, but the people that own FetLife must have gone into that Wikipedia and put their fucking website in. That's kind of smart. I should go put my my podcast in places on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, it was on the links, you know. And yeah. I, 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 at first, I signed up. Actually, my date, my birth date, 
is on Fed Like Wrong because when I signed up, because I didn't know if it was a spam website or whatnot. And I spent months there just browsing and learning and reading and opening my mind to this new world until I went to a local event. That And um, so a lot of, uh, in different Fed Life, you can find there are a lot of local groups. They have these things we call munches. It's a social gathering and it can happen on a restaurant and people, and it's non-sexual, non-play. You just show up, you meet people and people talk. And, you know, when you're a newbie, it's, you're very shy, right? Because you, you've never been in, into this world. You think it's, you're going to, you're afraid people are going to judge you or you're not going to be welcome or, or what's going to happen here. And, oh, it's a very informal thing. It's like going to a, a meetup of people who like, I don't know, knitting or, yeah. or, <laughs> that's how you meet people. Yeah. And it's a layer of safety. The important thing about the munches is that People, you know, nobody wants to invite you to the home or to their BDSM dungeon or to their sex party without knowing you. That's very, so people get to know you and you go, a lot of um, groups locally, I mean, it's much easier in bigger cities. Now I live in the middle of the woods. So I have to drive away an hour or two to cities. I have many cities around, but I'm, I live further away from, from cities now. But So there's no munches where I live, but in big cities and you get to know people and you connect and and then eventually you get invited to a to a play party or you hear you know what the dungeons are in your in whatever city you are so i start going to one of those and that's where i met my now ex-wife in in one of those events uh, i i met her on a class it was a rope class um for for your listeners who don't know that's a subset of bdsm has many subsets people who like needle play and like to you know um get needles on them and that hurts it's a lot about pain and sensations people who like rope and getting tied up so my current girlfriend is a rope top she likes to tie up people she doesn't tie me because i'm not a bottom but um there is so i went to a rope class out of curiosity i really never got into rope and that's when i met her and and you know we we started chatting and then we met in another event in another munch and so on and you know, one day I asked her out for, for lunch. First date, I said to her, you know, I don't do monogamy. She's like, yeah, I, that's fine. I don't, I'm okay with that. She, um, but so that, then I started learning and I was very new, you know, and so I've learned a lot by my mistakes. You, that's how life works. She is what, what people uh, in the BDSM world identifies as a slave. And there is a big difference. My current girlfriend is a submissive. But my current girlfriend is a submissive in bed. When we are in bed or playing, I, you know, I hit her, I, I restrain her, you know, do, do mean things to her. Uh, so in bed, we, I'm in charge, and she does as I say. But in regular life, we're equals. We make decisions together. That that's just a, a sexual thing. Slaves like to be uh, submissive 24/7. That's oh, another word. Oh, interesting. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 
420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Are you turned on by what you hear? I know I'm totally turned on by what I hear, and that's why I love Dipsy Stories. Dipsy is an app full of short, sexy audio stories made just for you. No matter what you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy has something for you. Whether you want to hear stories about two girls or two guys or a threesome or moresome or solo play, you're going to find it on Dipsy. They have hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. So there's always something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories and wellness sessions, and they also offer written stories. And you know what I love about Dipsy the most is their jump to the action button. So if you're really horny and you want to get right to the part where the action starts, you just click a button and it takes you right there. So what are you waiting for? Go get Dipsy now. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon, that's 30 days full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash strictly anon, dipsystories.com slash strictly anon, or just go to the description, click on the link to get 30 days of free access. I never, yeah. I wouldn't know the difference. I didn't even know yeah. she was into being a slave and the difference yes. between a slave and a submissive is slave is the submissive 24 seven. Correct. Interesting. Okay. I, no one ever made that distinction to me before. Okay, go on. And people who are slaves, and you know, now I can tell from experience, I learned um, they are more all about the the dominance and being taken control over. Mm -hmm. So, and that was not something I was looking for at the time. Uh, it sounded wonderful, right? I'm going to have this person um, who's going to do anything I say. You know, jump and she jumps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was thinking with my dick, right? So it's, this is going to be the best sex I'm going to have. And it was for many years. We had great sex and I would do. But they are also looking for somebody to make decisions for them. I mean, it's a lot easier yeah. when somebody <laughs> being an adult is hard, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to make decisions. It's like if having a baby. Making... It's like having a baby, you know. Exactly. And if somebody's making decisions for you, then you can make a mistake. It's their mistake. Yeah. The other thing is, I really wasn't cut out to it. I, I being somebody's um, owner, and it, you just have to want it. And there are people who love that stuff. There's a whole subset of BDSM 24/7. There are books about it. There are societies about it. There are conferences about it. Um, that people go and learn how to be slaves, and they even have you know competitions or, or, or classes. I went to a bunch of those, uh, but that ended up. And she, she wasn't happy because I wasn't taking control of her. I wasn't telling her how to dress. I wasn't telling, for example, people who follow, they call this high protocol. You know, there's a way to talk and they don't do it in public, but do it in private. They only talk to each other, sir. And different people do it differently. There are um, 
there are people who, you know, ask their master for permission to sit, ask their master to, for permission to do things. There, and I was never into that, that mood all the time. It is really hard. You have to really be into it. So maybe there are some of your listeners who really want this and are, and are, and are going to be like, oh, so other people are into this. So good for them. I think I mean, it's more an extreme. And I think that, you know, most people always fall somewhere in the middle. So I, I don't think that most people would be down for that either. I just think it's a certain personality type and it's definitely not the majority. Because like you said, it's a lot of work. Uh, I think it just takes a certain kind of guy. I have spoken with those kinds of masters on my show, you know, and mm -hmm. it definitely is a certain kind of personality type. I don't, I, you know, and I think you're either that way or you're not, but you were never, let me ask you a question though about this girl, because you were like, I'm not, you know, I'm non-monogamous besides the BDSM stuff that you were doing with her. And she was a slave Were you guys getting into, because you said you wanted the sex stuff too. Were you guys into swinging in that stuff as well? Or did, were you just I, in the BDSM world? I took her to a couple of swing clubs. And now that I look back, that was a big mistake. I, I, she wasn't into it. She wasn't happy with it. And, you know, I can't finally got the hints of it and I stopped, <laughs> yeah. I stopped pushing her. Yeah. So that's one of my guilt of my marriage that I really forced her into something she didn't want. And the communication was a clear. So, I mean, I'm going to get a little bit ahead here, but our marriage failed because I was a selfish prick and she was dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, love that you could take accountability for your side of things because a lot of times people just want to be like one person's the victim, the other person's the perpetrator, but you could see both. You're both, both. <laughs> yeah. And she, I mean, she really wanted this master slave thing. I really wanted to get my socks off and there was a disconnect. I, she had no problem with me sleeping with other people. Yeah. And I, I had sex, you know, I would go to some parties that were sex, um, sex positive and I would have sex with people. And I even dated long term, a couple of people during our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, those oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 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 uh, and this is an interesting story. So and another part of the story that I haven't told you, I don't think I told you this in, in our email. We were both very overweight. Now we are not because we both had gastric bypass surgery. At the same time? No, she had it two years before okay. me. So okay. we both lost 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. And so before the, the weight loss, I, we were not monogamous. I would allow her to fuck other people. I actually kind of, I, I am, I think you, the word most people use is tag. I like watching. I don't, yeah. I, I love watching my women having sex with other men. And uh, so, but she didn't want to have that. She didn't want to, that wasn't her thing. She didn't mind that I did it. Um, so after the weight loss, that changed her a lot. This is really where the marriage starts to really crack. <laughs> because, um, and I don't know if you had any other gastric bypass people in your, in your program before. I, have, I don't remember hearing anybody. Um, when you lose all the weight, people start treating you different. Even she told me that even her co-workers will be nicer to her. Um, so then she starts, she starts getting more self-confident. And then she starts asking for what she wants more, which is, was a good thing. I was actually happy for her. Right. Um, but um, so then, for example, one of the things that changed is we went from non-monogamous to polyamorous. And there's a, there's a subtle difference. Depends. Well, you know, vocabulary is subjective. So everybody says different things, but... No monogamous, it means you can sleep with other people. Yeah, polyamorous just sex. means yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Polyamorous means you can fall in love with other people, which 
we sort of were because I dated people. So we yeah. were in like in some gray area, um, but she wasn't. And she said, no, no, now I want to, I want to be polyamorous. And she started dating people. She met people in OkCupid. She first met this guy who I really like. You know, I hope they are still together. I don't talk with her anymore. You'll hear. Um, and um, so she started exploring more and meeting more, more people. But she started wanted more demanding on her BDSM. Now I want a master. So she eventually met somebody who who wanted to do the master thing and wanted he he's also new he was a newbie to the lifestyle but I guess he had read the book so he he really wanted the nominance twenty four seven yeah and you know good for her um, that's what she wanted what I didn't see at the time was and this was a pounder this is where she starts doing it like at the beginning I would say I'm I'm the one in the wrong I'm the selfish one who who you know is only thinking about his dick and not taking care of her needs fine i'll take my responsibility for that but then this guy a warning sign number one that i should have seen he refused to meet me and that was a uh that was a red flag from the beginning for me why won't he meet me so and um b i i didn't notice at the time but she started changing and it was because she was in the 24 7 relationship with him and you know i also we had you know, marriages are complicated. She started changing and we start going to couples therapies and she starts complaining about me and how selfish I was. Well, and, you know, things change a lot and the marriage is declining. So here's where I am not proud of this because this is a, anybody who's polyamorous listening to this will say, okay, that's a, li- that's a line I cross. But then one day I, it hit me with all the problems we were having that this guy must be blending in my marriage. So I went into hear emails and there were emails from him telling her what to say on her couple therapy session. Oh, <laughs> her master. <laughs> That's yeah. what she loves. The, her guy of her dreams. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that, you know, and I confronted her and then the marriage was over. Let me tell you something fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I no longer need a second cup of coffee anymore during the day. And you want to know why I don't? It's because I incorporated Magic Mind productivity drink into my morning routine. I take it alongside my coffee and I'm more productive, more focused and alert throughout the whole day. And that's because Magic Mind has nootropics inside that improve attention, focus and cognition. So if you're like me and you want to improve your attention and get more shit done without getting jacked up on too much coffee, then get yourself some Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.co slash strictly and use my discount code strictanon. You're going to get 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. That's code strictanon. Use it at magicmind.co slash strictly. Now, because that 56% off only lasts for 10 days. So hurry up and get yourself some Magic Mind. If you're hearing this after the 10 days is up, don't worry. You can still get 20% off with my code strictanon. Use it at magicmind.co co slash strictly or just go to the description and click on the link. 
But I mean, I'm sure, and I think you've said it in other ways, that you understand why that was never going to work to begin with. You always weren't satisfied because you weren't interested in being a master. She really wanted that. She finally found it. You're both happier without each other because you were never really well suited, perfectly suited for each other to begin with. No, no. And she was wonderful in other ways. Yeah. I mean, but we were never matched in this, in this sense. Yeah, so it all wound up better. You both wound up going your separate ways. And listen, in a weird way, that gastric bypass surgery for the both of you was life-changing because it set you guys down the right path. You weren't meant to be together forever. And that helped her get her voice so she could go out and find what she really wanted and help you because you weren't fully satisfied there either because you didn't want to be that master. You wanted your equal, like the girl you're with now. Exactly. Yeah. So things like that, big things like that. When someone says, hey, I've been overweight all my life and you know what? I don't want to fucking be this person anymore or whatever. Or I've been drinking my whole life. I want to put that down. Those are big, pivotal moments in someone's life. And I think a, a lot of times things change because of that. But it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So the de- like the dissolution of your relationship because of that was like a positive thing. You guys, it, things like all the wrongs were righted. You know, you guys wound up being more of who you are and aligning with people who were more right for you. So it was a very pivotal moment and a great moment for the both of you. Yeah. I mean, now I have a life that I, I love and I'm having, you know, I, I'm living the dream. Sometimes I want to pinch myself. Of yeah. How good my life is now. Yeah. Let's get to your dream. Okay. So you guys end now. Mm. Now go on because you're such a good. So I moved to a, I moved to a different area, more rural, but now I'm not this corporate job that I hate. Now I'm not, not for profit. Um, so I can manage to and I make a lot less money, but I'm a lot happier. And that was a problem. We had a lot of money issues, too. So. Now, now, my fear of moving here was that I was going to be um, in a rural area. How am I going to meet kinky people? I was, yeah. But I met my current, my current girlfriend, which is, by the way, one of my partners. She's my nesting partner. We live together. But I have other people that I see. I have a partner near your area, New York. And that is a long distance thing. And we see each other occasionally, but we talk a lot. I have somebody else local that is more sexual. She's not into the BDSM. Um, so we're both poly. My nesting partner has a couple of other partners. So we all date other people. Um, one of them is married. And sometimes we have four sons, you know, her partner and their wife. And we all hang out. So I met my current girlfriend through Tinder of all places. But my profile said that I was kinky. So she, you know, we liked each other and we started talking. And... She she's been polyamorous her whole life. She's into BDSM, and I always go to the same type of events that I, that I that I go to. Um, she's very self-aware and and you know knows what she wants in life and is not afraid to ask for it. Um, so basically, I mean, or or best we live for the summer because we spend the whole summer going to events or, or camping and naked or nudist campgrounds. Not, you know, a, a lot of nudist campgrounds are not, uh, are not sexual, but, but a lot of the events that we go to are either swingers or BDSM or a mix of both. Right, because you want uh, the sexual aspect of these experiences. Correct, correct. Um, and, you know, we're always going to munches. And because we're in a rural area, we have about three metropolitan areas, but all of them are about two, two hours away from us. 
So we have we have like groups on on each of those cities that we go to. So <laughs> we don't have a weekend that it's up that it's free. We, there's always some weekend, some king party, some BDSM dungeon that we're going to. Or, so, or we have so many friends that we have sex with. This this weekend we just had a foursome with a couple that we know that are wonderful and um, and so yeah. How do you guys yeah. label yourselves? Are you both? into members of the same sex are you just you know are you only with women is she with women and men are you with men and women she is bisexual Mm -hmm. she uh i define myself as heteroflexible Uh uh-huh yeah so you know when we're in a foursome and if the other guy is heteroflexible too you know hands go places and it's all fine yeah i i don't seek relationships with men uh or dates with men i do i do have a partner in in europe uh, that I had this is a funny story with him because he was my best friend in college mm-hmm. and he was a total womanizer and I was I'm a scientist so I was a geeky scientist you know nerdy I was terrible with the girls and he was like the womanizer good looking guy so but you know many years later I came out to him as all the kinky stuff and he came out to me as bisexual so now every time I see him which is you know every three years when I'm in Europe or something uh, we play and it, for me it's like an ego thing like yeah you used to go and he's submissive, so you used to get all the women when we were in college, and now you submit to me. Oh wow! Kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like a hot fan. That's like a hot gay fantasy, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. So that's probably the only guy. And but in general, I'm I'm I way more into women than men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, oh, there was a couple of things I wanted to say about Fed Life that because you mentioned the website a couple of times in your in your show, and. Um, the one thing about FedLife to know is that um, FedLife is really not a dating app for those who are, have never logged in and say, oh, that's when I'm going to log in. Uh, FedLife is more of an educational social media. So people hate it when randos on FedLife text them, oh, you, let's go on a date. That's not what it is for. It is really good for, for just finding munchies and finding events and showing up and meeting people in person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. If any of your listeners are, you know, wondering, I want to get into this world, but I'm shy. I don't know how to go about it. Don't go and create a FedLife account and start messaging people. But if you go and you actually make the effort and you go to munches and you get to meet people uh, and, you know, and take the classes, there's always a local group, you know, safety about rope, safety about spanking, safety about whips, safety about that's how you because you can get hurt with these things, you know? Yeah. Um, it is some of this stuff is dangerous. Some stuff they they call it edge play, which is like, for example, um, choking. Choking is one that they call edge play. That can get really dangerous really quick. I don't do choke. I well, uh, yeah, bit, I but... advise against that shit. I had a girl yeah. on once, Casey, and she talked about yeah. choking, and the guy like choked her out to the point where she passed out. I just think it's you know not a yeah. game to be played. It's not, you know, exactly. The stakes are too high. It's like your fucking life. It's dumb. You know, just to get off, do everything else, do something else. Um, yeah. Or for example, I went to a class the other day about knife play. Uh, my girlfriend loves that. And so you know how to clean the knives and and make sure you know you use these wipes, these these medical grade wipes because those are the ones who kill all the germs, not just the Lysol ones. Yeah. That. Oh yeah, so that that kind of thing. So when you go to the classes and everything, you know, like my girlfriend is into rope. So rope, you know, don't get your arms numb. You know, it looks beautiful. The pictures, rope pictures. I just don't have the patience for rope. That's why I don't do it because it's really a science of doing the knots and 
But if you are suspended on a rope, and people lo- love that, like a rope rig where you're hanging out, but hanging off the of you know of the ceiling, but you can lose, uh, you can do nerve damage if you're not careful. Wow. Yeah. That exactly. And I, because listen, a lot mm. of times when I have BDSM people on, a lot of people, like the regular people that are listening will be like, oh, I could never do that to a woman. I think that they always assume that a man that is hurting, quote unquote, women in this way is somebody that doesn't like them, that doesn't want, you know, and I, what I think is interesting about you is that you have said, and I think it's apparent by how you've been speaking, you know, you do, you wanted your equal. You don't see your girl as beneath you. You don't want that. It's, she's a submissive in the bedroom and that's where this kind of play is. It's not, it's not about uh, uh, hating women or hurting women. Right. I mean, I don't know. No, no, no. I see them as my equal in the bedroom or, or in the dungeon because we do this in public too. Yeah. It it is a little, I mean, I'll admit to it. It's a little bit misogynistic in the moment. It's like, yeah, I have a high of I'm superior to you, but that's, you know, just, just fantasies, just getting up, you know, it's just like some people dress as, okay. I'll give you an another example. Some people dress as a school, um, Catholic school girl. Yeah. Or, or some people dress as the maid and the whatever, you know, and that doesn't mean that you are, you know, that's just a fantasy. That's just that. So the same thing with, with the, with the BDSM sex submissive. I want to get to that stuff where like, you know, you came to this country as somebody that who had never done anything before, but when did you realize that you were into watching your girl be with another guy you know what like what was that first experience about and what is it like now for you um i think that that first girl that i dated that was that was kinky but wanted to talk me yeah we when we talk about non-monogamy when she the first time she had uh, she made out with some guy she told me i went to a party and made out with him and oh god that gave me an eastern hand hard on that yeah. was just and I knew and I had watched all the porn. So it was kind of so I sort of knew that that was something that excited me. But when it really happened to me, um, then I remember with my ex-wife going to when we went to swing clubs and it was amazing seeing her with other men. That was just um, yeah. And, and she didn't she was OK with me having sex with other women, but she didn't like she told me, I, you know, it doesn't arouse me. I'm okay with that. I don't care if you do it. But for me, it was hot. It was hot for me to know that she was sleeping with other men. And she didn't really want to. That was the, that was the sad part. But, you know, with, with the current partner, from mm-hmm. the first day, from the beginning, I said, this is what I'm into. Yeah. And, and um, you know, one of her partners loves sharing, too. And we're all about the group sex. So it's been great. Or we, we go to parties where that happens. And, you know, some, sometimes... We tend not to do it with people that we just met. It's very rare. That I think it has happened, but we usually go on a date first or meet them. And then at the party, at the dungeon or at their house, we will have we will have a foursome. Or, um, oh, the other day we were we were in Canada and we met. It was amazing. We met she, through an, an app called Field. I don't know. If yeah, you, yeah, I've if, heard of that one. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned that. So we met a guy and we... Uh, we hung out with him. He was French speaking and we had a threesome and it was great. Um, now in that threesome, do you hook up with the guy too? Or no, are you always looking I... for guys that are open or it's it's cool if they're just with your girl? 
I was cool with him. Yeah, no, he was. I just watched, and well, we, you know, took, took turns on her. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit shy, which she loves the shy guys. So I didn't want to push that. We had not, you know, there's this whole process of negotiation, and because he was a very, uh, he was very newbie. That's one thing I like about experienced people. With experienced people, you can go and say, okay, what are you into? You know, mm-hmm. and be upfront. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I can, male to male is okay. And you can be, with newer people, they are shyer. So they are not as upfront of their needs of what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with, you know, with experienced BDSM player, okay, so you go by the color code, which is yellow and red. Red means stop, yellow, slow down. And I, and, I have a feel and you know some people have low pain tolerance some people amaze me my girlfriend is like that she has she really likes a good I mean I leave marks on her butt like red yeah and she loves it she loves it she's like and that's what she wants sometimes it amazes me I mean I I love giving it to her don't get me wrong I love it yeah but sometimes I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the marks the next day and the bruises and I'm thinking wow I can't believe she likes this (laughs) but she does how so old's your when, girl? I'm sorry? How old's your girlfriend now that you're with? Your She's in her partner. 30s. She's in yeah. her 30s. Yeah. And did she and ever have relationships like this before you? Or, like, was she open always? Uh, she's never been monogamous since since high school or college or something. Yeah, her, her first college experiences were non-monogamous. She dated women. Um, uh, yeah, she had she had actually when i met her she was dating somebody and they were he wasn't too 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 um clear that he wanted the the poly thing Mm -hmm. and when then she met me and she went to him by the way i met this guy and i think we're gonna go start going out that guy was like no i don't think i'm comfortable with that and she told him oh you're not comfortable when then this relationship is ending because this is not how this is gonna work Right. She's straight uh, up about what she's I can't wait to talk to her. She's going to be on for sure. But um, yeah. so she was she was like you always straight up about who she is. And she's always lived a non monogamous life. How many like right now? How many other relationships do you guys have? So we I have two relationships and she has two relationships officially. Mm-hmm. So uh, only of my two. Re- oh, so actually we all have. We both have trees, three, but you know, one of those three is us. So we have two extras. Is it important for you guys to make your guys relationship primary or on the top or is everything equal? No, we are, we are what we call hierarchical and that's a taboo subject for a lot of poly people because they think that's wrong. A lot of people are like, no, everybody has to be equal. I don't think Uh, you should be equal. I think hierarchical. That's when you make your relationship the primary one and tend to it as the top, right? That's what that means? Yeah, we live together. We, you know, eventually, you know, if we get married, we'll commingle finances, which, you know, it's not something we haven't decided, but it's also Mm -hmm. not out of the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just a matter of a structure. It's really hard. Society favors monogamy, so... Having there, we have friends who are what they call solo poly. We have friends, actually, one of her partners is solo poly. He has multiple partners, mm-hmm. and they're all equal. And that's how he decides to live. And you know, awesome, good for him. But we think having the structure of a home and a couple, and where you make your life with, but at the same time being open to have other loving relationships on on the side, um, that's the structure that works for us. Mm-hmm. So, and so 
I have two partners. One is very close. It's about an hour drive. She's um, older than me. She, um, she's on her early 50s. And that's mostly a sexual relationship. I saw her last night. We just had sex, you know. And and the the other one is long distance. And it's very it's romantic. We call each other almost every night. She's into BDSM, so when I see her, I also beat her. Uh, <laughs> ac- actually, I intro- funny enough, Sorry. I introduced her. I introduced her. She has a pri- She's far away from me, right? Yeah. But she has a primary. I introduced her to that primary. Oh, really? Uh, you got her hooked up with her primary relationship? That's yeah. Interesting. We we went to this camping event that I mentioned, and you know, and uh, oh, this is my friend so and so, and he's a nudist, and he was in that camping place too, you know, and he was also beating girls and <laughs> and and having sex and doing the whole thing, and they hit it off, and they started dating, and I'm you know happy for them. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, and it's worked. They are also long distance, but they seem they have become a lot closer. Right. Um, so, um, my, for example, one thing is we have at, at least so far, the, but the plan is not to have kids. Mm-hmm. So one of her, of my girlfriend's partners is married and has kids and has a, a two year old. So my girlfriend goes to his house and hangs out with her, with her family and knows her kids and she loves hanging out with them and she gets her two year old time and like baby time. And she, you know, and uh, she loves that. So my her partner, they know that they can count on her sometimes as her for ch- childcare help, you know, babysitter. So it, yeah, exactly. So I mean, they don't do it every week, but occasionally. That's so, that's and, how she gets her baby fixed because she's not going to have babies with you, is what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it works. It works for everybody. Um, and you know, there are certain things about each of us that are different. Um, I am. I tend to be. I told you that I'm a scientist, so I tend to be a very cold person calculating in the sense you know very non-emotional decisions um and that works for certain things but that can bother people that used to uh my ex-wife was an artist so that you know there's yeah that Uh -uh. personality so if you want different personalities of different things from different people that's how the poly works for us Mm -hmm. yeah Right. So you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. What you don't get from her, you're you're free to go out and get from somebody else and vice versa. Now, are there ever any kind of jealousy that happens between you guys? Like what are the anything like that? Or are you guys both so super open and professionals that you're there? There is jealousy. There is jealousy. It doesn't happen very often. I think I mean, I think we're great at poly. And I'm just saying I'm not just saying that I think based on all the things that I've seen, but I can tell you a couple of, of of little jealousy events that happens. One of her partners, the one that has kids the other day, we were in a party, and he went and told her something like, you know, something on the lines of go make me a sandwich on a picnic. And it sounded very bossy to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me a little bit of trauma of my wife's submission to another man. And I got really, really like, and I went and spoke with her and she was just asking me to make him a sandwich. It wasn't a big deal. But, you know, that day I got, and I didn't get mad at her. She didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just that I got jealous. Yeah, Um, you were triggered. Yeah. I, you know, I think my, my girlfriend gets the most jealous is because we live together. So we don't do the BDSM as often, the whole beatings and chains and whips. So 
sometimes you know I go to we go to a new party, we go to a new dungeon, and then I meet somebody else, and, and you know new new energy, right? New person, and she wants me to be her. So ten minutes later, she's on the San Andreas cross, you know, restraining and flogging her or whatever. And you know, sometimes my girlfriend is like, "You haven't done that to me in two weeks." Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it happens, you know, you talk about it and that's the best thing. And, you know, and, and it's true. I haven't done that to her in two weeks. So, um, uh, you know, the other day I was in a party and there was a, it's a long story. It was a little bit of drama. I wasn't getting along with somebody in the party. It was in a, I wasn't in a good mood. And then suddenly I see my girlfriend and she's fucking one of her partners, you know, but, and I got, I don't know, I was in a bad mood and I was, I got really, really jealous for some reason, which I normally do. I usually, but at the same time, it was this mixture of jealousy and it was so fucking hot because I was oh. so fucking jealous. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, A little cock in you. Yeah. And she asked me later, it's like, were you jealous? Were you upset? And I said, yes. And she's like, why? Oh no, I was having my own issues. Like they didn't do wrong, anything wrong. I, I have seen them have sex multiple times. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed it. I have joined them, but that day I was jealous. I mean, it happens. It's it's just human nature. Yeah. And but you deal with it. You talk about it, and and a lot of times uh, we have another friend. I mean, and, and that happens. That's a uh, that's a warning sign when you when you date couples or when you you know. Well, my rule my rule is not kissing. My rule is not. And you know, if they're newbies, we sort of understand and let it go. Because we know that newbies get used to losing those rules. Yeah. If it's somebody who's been around for many years and still has too many strict rules, you know, we start thinking, well, you know, this they should probably, I mean, to each their own. We respect the rules. If the rule is, you know, no holding hands, we won't hold your hands. Uh, but, but that to me usually sends a signal like this person needs to do a little bit of work because if you've been non-monogamous for five years, um, at the end of the day, look, nobody. I'm not, I do not have, even though I like the whips and chains, I do not have my girlfriend chained to my bed. <laughs> right. if, if she wants to leave me tomorrow, she can grab her things and leave. Even if we were married, she can file for divorce. So there's no point in being jealous. Uh, you might as well enjoy life. If things end, they're going to end. That's it. There's nothing I can do about it. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be brokenhearted, but I, but I, I might as well enjoy, enjoy life while it lasts. And, and try to, to make her happy and be honest when I am not. That's that's all you can do. Right. And know that if the ending comes, you could de- you'll could deal with it. It'll just be over. And yeah, it'll be painful. But life goes on. And I think that that's, that's so sometimes the biggest fear about it. You know, for sure. Yeah. Do you guys share partners? Um, we don't have long term. So we don't have long term. Her two partners and my two partners. are We don't share them. But occasionally there would be sex in between us so yes like right because you have foursomes with your partners right because exactly. i mean she's into women so i would does she sleep with your female partner yeah she has done threesome with two of them with the two of them and mm-hmm. again these two that i mentioned are the, the two that i see regularly mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other people that i have sex that i have sex occasionally with but these two that i see regularly she has had she has had threesomes uh with both of them I have had three sons only with one of her partners with the other one. I never have had, but I would, you know, the, the, because she's also long distance. The occasion has never arise. I will tell you one thing about three sons though. I do prefer three sons with two men and a woman than two women and a man. 
How come? Uh, uh, because if you're having sex with two women, you have to last for the two of them. And you have to like, when you're having sex or the, with the first one, you're like, until she comes, you're like thinking, you know, okay, think about taxes. Think about. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh, uh, so, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like worried that you're going to, you have to please two women. And it's like, you know, you have to make them come. And it's like, so I don't even stress about that. If you're having a threesome with two men and a woman, a woman, you know, just if you come, doesn't matter. The next guy is gonna take over. Mm -hmm. He's gonna I, by the time he's done, I, you know, I can recover. Um, I wouldn't say very quickly. It takes me, you know, 10, 20 minutes, but I can, I can usually have two goals at it. Um, so it's less, it's, um, it's less pressure, and she enjoys a lot more. That doesn't mean that I don't like threesomes with two women. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's an ego booster. I mean, mm -hmm. my first threesome, I I never had a threesome with my ex-wife with two women. We had threesomes with two men. I, I didn't get to have a threesome with um, with two women until I started dating my current nesting partner. And it was an ego booster. It was heaven for me. But now that I've done it a few times, I say that I prefer when there's two men and a woman. Right, because of the work, because of what you just explained, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and um, the other thing, you know, um, after the gastric bypass, losing all that weight made you know wonders for my sex life. I last longer, uh, my erections are better. Did so your dick I don't get want... bigger? Yes, yes. Okay, because you... I did a whole episode on that, because and I googled it because I'm interested in everything. So did but... you gain? Yeah, yeah. My, my girlfriend and I listened to that episode as we were driving. I had the, the cell phone, YouTube on the cell phone, and we had a blast on that episode. <laughs> and yes, it is true. I mean, actually, that was uh, my ex-wife. After the, the, I had the surgery, she said, no more anal sex for you. It hurts too much. <laughs> oh, because, my God. Too big. Because it got too big, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, the gastric. So any of, any of your listeners who are considering this, I would say it's a hard journey. There's a lot of work to get it insurance approved. And even, even I've been out of the surgery for three years. I am not allowed to drink and eat at the same time. So I have to wait half an hour between food and, and liquid. Wow. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of things. And I'm going to be taking vitamins for the rest of my life. So it's not. And, you know, and a lot of our work, we're totally worth it. Um, Let me ask my, you this, because I yeah. think one of the biggest fears or what I would think happens, mm. and you've seen it, is like, you know, because if your your skin is stretched out to be big enough that you needed the gastric bypass and then you take away all that fat or you lose all that weight. I mean, what happens to the skin? Do they do as a part of that surgery? Do they is do you get that skin removed or is it just hanging there? Because isn't that an issue sometimes afterwards? Yes, I, it wasn't for me because I was actually I wasn't that heavy. I was heavy. I was okay. I was an overweight, but yeah. I was borderline. I was just at the limit where I barely qualified for the mm -hmm. for the surgery. But I still have a little bit of flappy skin. I have a tummy that hangs. It's not and but I it's not that horrible. So. Mm -hmm. For women who are or men who are way more overweight, it is a problem. And as I understanding, I understand it. If you have a skin issues, insurance would pay for your for your skin for your um, the fixing of it, whatever. But it, yeah, it does exactly. help. It does right. I think that yes. that makes sense that it would cover yes. that afterwards because it's a part of that. But I'll tell you something about that too. You know, people who are self. Um, um, who are nervous about that, yeah. self-conscious, yeah. Um, if, see, that skin is hidden. Nobody sees it. So it just boosts your morale to just not be as overweight. 
I do have a tummy that hangs a little bit. It's not the prettiest thing. But when I have clothes on, I look a lot better. And it just makes me a lot more confident. Right. What you're saying and is it's worth it. Even if you can't do the tough. skin thing, you know, yes. you're going to look better, feel better afterwards because, listen, exactly. most people aren't seeing you naked. So, <laughs> but exactly. everyone, so you're the majority of people, everybody is seeing you skinnier, which makes you feel great about yourself. And then the couple people that are, well, with you, you're seeing a lot of people naked because you're a fucking swinger at nudist colonies. You've got a lot of relationships, but. You got your yeah. dick is bigger too, so who cares? And you know, in maybe the swinger, the swinging community can be different, but the BDSM community is really body positive. Mm-hmm. Um, people and you know, people don't care. You go to these dungeons and and all sizes and colors and are getting beaten up. Nobody judges judges you. I I it's really uh, the swing community. Depending on the swing club and depending on 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 what city you are. It can be a little bit more more tricky on that. People tend to be a little bit more judgmental. But again, just find your people. Um, Who are your people? Are you? Would you say you're more aligned to the BDSM world or the swinger world or all of the above? I am 50-50. 50-50. And so my ideal people, my people are the people who do both. So that's why I love this summer event, that it's a camping event for a week, because it's really... That event has two spaces. One, it's uh, they call it. Uh, one is a dungeon, which is on a barn. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what a San Andreas cross is? Is yeah. like this X? Okay, this X where they tie up people. Mm-hmm. So it has San Andreas crosses, and you get a be- And there's another part of that of that event that they call it the sexorama. Sexorama. Yeah. Okay. And it's basically a tent, a big tent with beds, and people go there and fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I, and it's just a t- constant orgy. You know, there's threesomes. And I mean, you you don't show up there and just fuck with random people. You meet them first. You know, you, you there has to be consent. Consent is key. Mm-hmm. And and so th- that's why my favorite event, because both things happen. But I do identify more with the king people in a few fa- in a few um, areas. And I, for what I have, have observed, Kink, the BDSM, the Fed Life crowd, it's more uh, direct about consent and have these conversations about negotiation. And for example, most kink groups will have some sort that have grown, will have some, some sort of grievance process. Oh, he touched me inappropriately. So, you know, um, sometimes it's a little bit too much of drama, but they take it very seriously. You can get banned from from a party, from from violating somebody's consent. It's really, I find that a lot of swing clubs in big cities, it's a, you know, there's a lot of more alcohol, for example. Uh, in the kink world that's thrown upon, you don't get drunk and beat somebody because it can be dangerous. You don't get yeah. high and beat somebody. And uh, well, in the swing clubs, you know, getting hammered and then going to an orgy is more common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, I identify more with the kink people. I, I feel more comfortable in that world. Mm-hmm. I do... I do find that some kink people are a little bit uptight about sex, but you know, it's fine to each their own. Uh, So in that sense, I'm a little more swinger. Yeah. You know, uh, we get along. We like each other. You're hot. I'm hot. Let's fuck. So, um, yeah, so, but, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. The king people being uptight. It's because maybe they're into like one specific thing, but they're closed off to other things. You mean in that kind yeah. of way? Yeah, and people are very specific in the king world. I'm yeah, that's spanking. what I mean. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm into spanking and I go to spanking parties. Or I'm into rope. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, for example, I learned a lot about the rope world dating my girlfriend. And mm -hmm. she, for example, there's this girl that my girlfriend just had a scene with, and and she's she's smoking. I just saw them making out this weekend. And oh, I can't wait uh, to have your girl on. She's gonna tell yeah. me all these stories. <laughs> and um, we have pictures of her on Patreon. You gave, gonna give me some pics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 she's gonna give them to me tonight. And, yeah. Um, so, but this, this, my girlfriend was really, um, she didn't want to cross that line of, uh, you know, getting sexy with her because apparently there's this whole protocol when you are the top rope of somebody and you're tightening up, it's, sometimes it's thrown upon getting sexual. You have to respect that. It's a different thing in the rope world. Yeah. It's, so, you know, and everybody's got their own little, little, uh, things of how they do, um, you know, I'm, I'm very much in what we call impact play, which mm -hmm. is just basically giving you bruises, you know, with floggers and, and paddles and canes. I, I do like chain restraint. Um, it's similar to rope, but chain is a lot quicker. You don't have to make the knots. Mm -hmm. So I tied you up to the bed. Uh, with chains and I use these connectors so it doesn't require learning all these notes and all the time and it, it's just faster so in that sense see but I'm telling you this and you're probably understanding and say okay somebody from the rope world will be judging me for saying this right now because right. I'm just a lazy bum who doesn't want to learn so no you're just <laughs> not you're impatient you're not that's exactly. not for you I mean I think that that's cool I've had a shibari expert on and you know, a lot of those, it is, it does look time consuming. It's beautiful. You know, it's, it's more like visually beautiful, but I've heard from people that are into that world and it's a very different thing, but it's very, like you said, it's very specific. I love how you've broken things down. Uh, even like the threesome difference you've told me some things that I just never heard before, but even though I've talked to millions of people, so you gave me a great episode Thank you so much for coming on. I cannot wait to get your open-minded girlfriend on. People, my listeners, of course, love listening to females that are like her, which is, you know, she's been open since the get-go, which is fascinating. So we're going to get her whole backstory. You've been great. I mean, I have really not had to say much on this episode. You just it told uh, your story really well. And it was very informative, too on top of it, which I love. So thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Thanks, Carlos. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, 
Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly